Hey guys, it's Destry and Katie and we are the Practical Idealists and today we are going to give you our trip report for Kings Island's Winterfest and then kind of talk about our Christmas holiday memory tradition. So what did you think overall about Winterfest? Well this year I was pleasantly surprised at how not crowded it was. I felt like they did a better job overall than last year. In what ways? I appreciated the theming a little bit more. I think that they did a better job of keeping the areas kind of sectioned off. So it wasn't just like, there's Christmas everywhere. It's, I enjoyed the uh, diversification of the uh, entertainment. It wasn't all just one type of thing. I think that the talent they hired was a lot better. It felt like not just the entertainers that they got, but also the arrangements of the musical pieces and the choreography. Everything was a lot tighter. So whether or not we can chalk it all up to the fact that last year was their first year and they just were throwing everything together, I don't know. But they definitely put more effort into it this year. I mean, that's what it looked like to me last year. I think that they didn't recognize how much extra work was going to have to go into the general planning of it. Because they think that they had their lighting people pretty much set up because last year's lighting was just as good, if not better. I think that last year's lighting was a little bit more impressive. So it seems like they put the money into other aspects which I'm not complaining about because there's nothing wrong with the lights this year. It was phenomenal and it was beautiful. But I do feel like I remember last year's displays being a little bit more impressive. And that's kind of a good word, I think, is that it was more of displays last year. Mm -hmm. And this was more just kind of like extra theming. There was more theming than there were lights this year. There are a million places you can go to look at lights, but why are you going to Kings Island Winterfest if you're not going there for the full experience? Right. I loved that they added the carriage rides this year. I think that that was an adorable addition. I liked the additional theming in uh, Plant Snoopy with the nutcrackers everywhere, and it was very like a Toyland kind of theme going on. And I thought that the stages were better. Like, they actually put stages throughout the park for the strolling entertainment so it wasn't just like I don't know they might stop here I think that they did a much much better job one of our biggest gripes last year was the entertainment because like I was saying before I think that they underestimated how much effort and time and possibly money was gonna have to go into finding competent people and they kind of spread themselves a little bit too thin. I, I mean, agree. there was still a lot of entertainment this year, which, I mean, since there wasn't that many rides open, you have to kind of counterbalance that in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that they thought that, huh, well, if you're going to come and we only have maybe 10 or so rides open, the amusement park aspect of it isn't going to be the huge draw here. So we have to give them something a little bit different to get them to come and to stay. And we were not lacking in choices. And I think that although the quality was much better this year, and although the visibility was much better this oh, definitely. year, they still should be working out the kinks of when to place 
the shows in the timeline of the evening because they have a lot of entertainment and I know they're trying to squeeze it all in and I know that they want you to come multiple times so that you won't see and do everything your first go-round. And they do that with Haunt by having the line so long for all of the different scare mazes that you have to come multiple nights to get the full experience. And with this, their version of that is the entertainment. They just squash it all in rather than staggering shows. Like they do throughout the year, like during the summer and even during Haunt, all of the shows are pretty much staggered. So not every single show is happening at the exact same time. It's usually like every 30 minutes, there's a different show going on. 30 minutes to an hour again. Yeah, depending on which show it is. And with this one, all of the entertainment is going on at the exact same time always. Except for like two of the bigger shows were on the hour. But we were, I would say, lucky enough to kind of get a general feel for pretty much all the entertainment except for like a couple of experiences which I thought this was weird. A lot of the shows had their first performance right at 5:30 during the lighting ceremony. Yeah, that makes no sense. So, I get that again if you're returning, which is what their goal is is for you to come back, then you're like seen that, been there, done that, let me go somewhere else. But when you're going the first time, it feels kind of like you're getting cheated out of your time a little bit. Out of a performance, yeah. Because the park opens at 5, and the event ends at 10, so that means basically 10.30. Once they get everybody out, yeah. And not every single show, but I would say a good three or four of them start at 5.30, along with the lighting ceremony. And once the lighting ceremony is over, and it only took about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm then you unleash yourself on the rest of the park. But by the time you get there, they're already halfway through their set, and you're kind of like, okay, I guess I'll have to come back in an hour, but I may not be in this part of the park in an hour. So you have to make a schedule for yourself, which I don't find that fun. Mm -mm. Like, it's one thing to be like... I'm going to take a break during this show at 2.30, and it's another thing to be like, well, I just kind of want to vaguely be in the Planet Snoopy area, and I may or may not get to see the shows in that area while I'm there. I didn't like that aspect of it. Yeah, I agree with that. And I appreciate that they have so much and such a variety of performances that you can watch, but when it starts hampering like the guest experience I guess that's when I start having issues with it I think the first one that we saw was the the sounds of the nativity and that seemed to be where all the pop R&B singers were located and they do like they do hymns and Christian songs and I mean what we heard of it was nice but it was only like a song and a half and, and we had a lot over. of repeats from the off-the-charts people who are usually who they get for that one. So we didn't really get to experience that full show because we were never back over in Planet Snoopy again while they were singing. And this is my other, I guess, gripe or complaint. A lot of the performances did not have sandwich boards telling you what the times were. And yeah, you could go on their app or on the website or on their tablet screens inside the park. And we discussed this while we were there. I think that a lot of them were relying on 
how many people were in whatever venue they were located at to start their set. That's fine. Not a problem with that. But then again, if you're not in that part of the park, when that happens, you kind of miss out. And the only places that the paper entertainment guides were were inside stores, which I thought was kind of dumb that they weren't beside the maps and stuff. When you first enter the park, you had to physically go into a shop in order to find these entertainment guides. And we have many positive things to say about this year, but if both of those things don't tell you exactly what the point of this event is, we want to get you in the shops and we want to make you come back multiple times. Is that a bad thing? Not really. Is it expected? Of course. But when you're our age, when you're an adult, you kind of see it for what it is, and it's basically a ploy to get people to spend their money and their time in this location. Which, again, that's fair. They're a business. I get that. And that does not detract from the good that they do and the fun that they... Facilitate? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it didn't have to be so on the nose. I yeah, think. it was a little obvious. And, I mean, one of the things that I did notice about this event, too, and I, I remember thinking this last year, too... Everyone knows that when you go to an amusement park, everything's going to be crazy expensive. Like, that's just what you accept. One of my favorite activities is to look at the Facebook reviews of amusement parks and see what people are complaining about and why they're giving them one stars. And it's always, this place is so expensive. I'm like, of course it's expensive. It's an amusement park. But it, honestly, even with that in mind, it shocked me how much they marked up some of the products at King's Island. And I'm used to going to the park all throughout the year and seeing what the normal prices are. So I kind of feel like I had a baseline for what to expect. It was very different during Winterfest. I can only imagine what one of those Build-A-Bear reindeers cost. It was a little surprising walking in being like, wait, I know that during the summer that was not the price of that. (laughs) So we saw the tail end of the nativity show. The next thing we saw was the Jingle Jazz people over in Rivertown. And to be fair, a lot of their issues was with the soundboard and the mic setup. And it got progressively better as they worked on it. And they did have people. And that was the thing that I also wanted to say positive. This year, they actually had people working on getting the sound quality better. Every group had a tech team. It was fantastic. And they had, like, their own independent soundboard. It wasn't just like, these mics are just live. Or they're not. So I appreciate that they put more time and probably a lot of money into hiring tech people. They were taking steps to make everything sound a little bit better. I mean, the only issue that I saw was with the trolley people. But you're just never going to get that to sound the way it's supposed to sound. Because, as both of us know, me specifically, mics in a live theater venue, especially when you're moving every which way, they don't like, you know, to turn to your left or turn to your right or to turn... Or to get too close to the speakers. And when you're dancing around, that's not something that you can really control that much. Except for the performer just taking note of when their mic is spiking or going out and trying their best to modify whatever they're doing so that it doesn't do that. And I think that for the most part, they did a pretty good job of that. But because they're roaming entertainment and they're going to different places, I don't think that they ever really got like a good feel for, well, in this particular location, I can't turn my head this way. Mm-hmm. The mistletones were cute. They could have easily been a lot better. 
the thing that bothered me about them, mm-hmm. especially being familiar with that style of music and like the the Andrew sister kind of trio thing, it bothered me more than it should that they weren't even trying to be on time with each other. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if they were just having an off day, but they were not doing the same motions at all, and they were at least three seconds off of each other at any given time. <laughs> And it was, it was very noticeable. And then we saw our favorite skit, Tinkers, something or other. Toy shop or something. In the, the Fest house, which was adorable again. And we actually got a seat this yeah. time. <laughs> Instead of crowding in the back corner. And, I mean, I guess we can talk about that now. The crowds were manageable. Like, it was they basically a normal day at Kings Island. On a Wednesday. Like, it was a light day, even for a Kings Island day. Which is surprising to me, because the weather here for the rest of the week, up until Christmas, is going to be kind of iffy. Well, and also the fact that we went on the 20th of December. So it's not like it's not a close time to Christmas. I was expecting it to be a lot worse, because I believe last year we went on the 21st, and it was so much worse. So I don't know if that was just because it was new last year, everybody was trying to force it into their Christmas plans, and we just so happened to go on the day that everyone else decided that they were going to go. Because we went on a Wednesday or a Thursday last year, too. We did the same... I think so, yeah. The same deal. So it was a pleasant surprise that we were literally wall-to-wall packed into the venue. I mean, the other possibility is that everyone came to the same conclusion that we did last year and realized that it was terrible and didn't want to come back. That's very possible. I mean, especially if you don't have a pass like we do. And if you have to pay to get in the park and then your experience is less than satisfactory, then you're less likely to return To buy a ticket to return. Yeah. Especially when there are so many other light displays in our immediate area. Mm -hmm. We have two really nice zoos, and they're both doing huge light displays. I can kind of understand why someone would be hesitant to uh, buy a ticket when they could just spend $20 and go somewhere else. The fact that it's an amusement park only matters to a certain group of people. Because the nice thing about Haunt is that it's still an amusement park with all the rides. Halloween theming and you can ride the rides and do that kind of stuff. And they have extra experiences if you so choose. But with this, you're kind of stuck with everyone else. You're being filtered into the exact same places. So you're either watching the show, you're getting a snack somewhere, or you're in line for one of the the children experiences, or you're in line for one of the rides that are open. And we got a couple of rides in. We kind of came upon them at opportune times. We did the shake, rattle, and roll. And we also did the Zephyr, the swings. I feel like a lot of people pass up on those smaller kind of carnival rides because they are just carnival rides. But one thing about at least the carnival rides at Kings Island is that you're offered really beautiful views of the park. Mm -hmm. If you bother to take the time to do something small, you really get, especially for night rides, I think Shake, Rattle, and Roll is a great night ride. Because it's chill, it's calming, but you get such beautiful views of all of the midway lights. The show in the Fest House, no, the show is about elves getting ready for Christmas. So at the very beginning, they're all racing around doing their 
choreography and their gymnastics and stuff like that. And then they have like a Mickey Mouse Club sound off. <laughs> a roll call. And as we were watching it, the first guy, because they only had about, what, three or four guys? Yeah, in they were mostly women. And one of the guys comes towards the front of the stage and says his name. And then you see the look of absolute terror and panic on his face. Me and Katie are sitting there like, okay, what's going Is on with that? Is his mic off? What happened? He's making eye contact with the sound booth. So as they finish their little roll call section, he grabs the hand of the girl beside him. She turns around and sees the horror in his eyes and like quietly asks him what's wrong. He then points to the space where his mic should be and it isn't because he <laughs> left it backstage and then he races off backstage. And misses a good four minutes, I'd say. <laughs> but he wasn't important to that number. So that's yeah, he okay. came out just in time to actually have to do something. It was a good time for him to not have his mic on. I felt so bad for him. You could just see the panic. And he was doing that heavy breathing with his shoulders thing. Panting a little bit. And he hadn't even done anything yet. I'm already exhausted and I haven't even started the show. Just emotional um, exhaustion. As far as the entertainment, like the major shows, we were under the impression that maybe they filtered some Cedar Point people down to the King's Island stages. Or they just did a better job reaching out to maybe schools to get these people because they were a much, much higher quality. Even the cool Yule Christmas people weren't as obnoxious as they were last year. Yeah, last year they were a bad show choir. And this year they actually were doing choreography and stuff. It was really impressive. And they were at least having fun with it themselves. Yeah, they didn't look completely miserable like the people last year did. Lots of costume changes. All of the costumes were pretty nice. Better quality again this year. And they got... Actually warm costumes. They had leggings and... And they had converse. sparkly converse for everybody. So that was a nice touch. So everybody kind of seemed uniform. Unless they were in like the Victorian kind yeah. of a thing. Then they had two Peanuts themed shows. One of them was in the kids area and one of them was in the King's Island Theater. We did not get to the King's Island Theater, but we did see the kids show. And I mean, it was really cute. They did a really good job. The show was not oriented in a way that made it impressive in any way. No, it was a cute show. And it was about five to ten minutes less than any other show in the park. Which is fine because that's meant for the small kids, so keeps their attention. And then they had photo ops afterwards, so it was... It was more of like a character experience than yeah. a show. Really. It was more of a meet and greet. And then they also had the What the Dickens, I guess... I would call it a farce. In that space as well, which we also didn't get to see. And the hard part about being involved in any type of theater in this general area is that you tend to know everyone. And last year, I ran into like four people I knew, so I was kind of hiding from a lot of the performers this year because I didn't <laughs> want to see anyone I knew. This year was your year for knowing people. But I mean, pretty much overall, it was a much more enjoyable experience than last year. I think that that's partly because it was their second year <clears throat> doing it and they were more aware of what needed to happen during the pre-production side of things to get them ready for the actual production side of things. I think that they really underrepresented themselves last year. I agree. And I feel like we just came on a better night. The crowds were a lot nicer. 
there were less teeny tiny kids, which oh, I, yeah. was nice. And everyone was actually there to have a good time. We actually had multiple instances of people actually asking us if they could take pictures for us. Like and we were that taking never selfies. would have happened last Oh, year. yeah. It was so nice. Like, we were just staying there trying to get the right selfie angle in front of some lights. And inevitably, someone would ask if we would like them to take a picture. It was so nice. And people were actually making cues for photo ops mm-hmm. and... And Without I, being told to do it yeah. by a park employee. They were just choosing to not be assholes this year, which was a nice change from last year. And people weren't literally walking into you, so that was a nice thing. And I think that the quality of the entertainment was much better, and I generally had a better feeling leaving than I did last year yeah last year i was kind of down i think afterward and we had a very silent trip home Mm -hmm. and this year we were both in a very good mood and came home ready to enjoy ourselves further so since we have a little bit more time here i think that we should probably talk about our traditions memories so starting as of last year this is usually our main event of the Christmas season. We usually like to go see another light display, but we just didn't get around to that this year, which is okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's been a busy, weird Christmas season. And it just feels shorter than most. Yeah, it felt like everything happened a lot faster, maybe because I was working more this year or something, but it felt like we've been running more than we have in previous years. I mean, I think that the first year that we did any kind of Christmas type deal. We exchanged like small gifts. At some kind of park light thing. It was like a light trail. I just remember it was really muddy. It was behind like a church I think. There were weird light displays. There were some animals there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had like a reindeer I think. Yeah. Have you ever been to Clifton Mills? I've actually never been to Clifton Mills. Because that was one of the options for this year. I've just never found it particularly interesting. If we're going to go to another light display, I've always liked the idea of going to one of the zoos just because there's more to do then. It's not just walking through lights. But during this little Christmas outing, I would say, what, about four or five years ago? Probably, yeah. We had our little gift exchange amongst the lights. It was nice, even if it was disgusting and My car never recovered from that trip. It was very cold and very muddy and very gross. I may have still had my truck. Oh, I'm almost positive you still had your truck. And then another year we went to Cincinnati to the zoo and did their zoo lights. One of my favorite ever trip memories came from that, and that was watching a man push a stroller with his chest while holding cups of beer in both hands. Oh yeah, and what I thought was funny is that you couldn't get alcoholic beverages until a certain time. Yeah. And it was later in the evening, and I would have thought that they would be cutting people off early, not Uh, starting them late. They were selling hot chocolate with or without, quote, holiday cheer. Cheer, yeah. Did you get yours with or without? I got it with. I think I got Bailey's in mine. You could either get peppermint schnapps or you could get Bailey's. I'm pretty sure I got Bailey's in mine. That was a nice experience. They did a really good job. And again, that was a couple of years ago. So it's always nice to have another option while you're looking around. Yeah, not just going for lights, but to have, have an experience along with it. Like at Clifton Mills, I went when I was much younger 
And I mean, I remember enjoying it, but I just remember that it was basically like waiting in the queue at Disney World. It was just themed along this path and they had like little tableaus with animatronics and lighting displays and stuff like that. And it was really cute and it was really well done. And I think they won an award this year. Yeah, something about like best lighting display in the country or something. So, I mean, hats off to them. But it really just felt like you were being filtered through a queue line and there was supposed to be a ride or an experience at the end, but the queue was the experience. And you ended in the gift shop. (laughs) Right, pretty much. And I'm like, okay. So it was still very nice. And I'm sure that they probably have switched it up since then because it's been a a good 10, 15 years since I've been there. But as far as like the zoo lights were concerned, I mean, I remember having a good time. That was a couple years ago too. So I don't really remember any major specifics. I remember that was at the start of the Frozen Mania and you could take pictures with Anna and Elsa and and Olaf, of course. That was like the longest line of anything in the park. And that was also where all the children were crying. Yeah. (laughs) Whether from having to wait so long because they were cold or because they didn't want to see them or because they wanted to see them too much. Or all of the above. Walking past them and looking in the parents' eyes as they beleaguerly stepped half a centimeter forward so they could meet Olaf, the fucking snowman, for probably the 17th time that year. And that was also a very big stroller mania year, too, Mm -hmm. where it was, like, just wall-to-wall strollers. But thankfully, they they do have a big enough venue that it didn't feel like you were being... The paths are very wide. Overcome. So did you and your family ever do the, all right, kids, we're going to get in the car, and you think you're going somewhere, and you end up just going around the neighborhood looking at lights? Oh, it's just about like, oh, we're going to go somewhere. Not really, though. <laughs> we're going to do the cheap thing and look at the lights that everybody else put up, because you we didn't want to put up lights at our house. You always <laughs> go to the rich neighborhood in order to do this. I remember, and this is some old school <clears throat> shit right here, getting all bundled up, in my mom's old Saturn, <laughs> which was an incredibly small car for as many people as we packed into that motherfucker until we sold that. And we went on multiple trips with that, and I don't even know how we even managed that. But my dad always had these cassettes. Yeah. That he made himself. Mixtapes. Of like old fashioned Christmas music. That he recorded from the radio. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. I would imagine so. That seems like something your dad would do. And we, we may or may not still have these, actually. I think he might have them somewhere, but I, I could be wrong. You should totally track those down. <laughs> we would just go driving around, and we would go sometimes with my grandparents. You know, we would just listen to Christmas music and, and take a little drive. Well, for me, growing up in a, a religious household, I always feel like when I say that, everyone's like, oh, did you have to wear a skirt all the time? You were about to cut your hair. And it wasn't like that. But growing up in my household, Christmas was very much oriented around... Jesus. Jesus, it was, though. Like, my sister and I each had our own little Christmas tree that we would put up in our rooms. And the Christmas tree that we have up in our apartment now is the Christmas tree that I have always had. And the little green tub that holds all of my Christmas stuff is something that I have always had. Most of the ornaments we had were things that we'd either made or that my mom had given us throughout the years. Like, that was just something she would do is give us ornaments. We each had our own little nativity scene. And I always had a lot of fun setting up my nativity scene underneath my tree. And I always made sure that my star ornament was right above the nativity scene because 
I was extra like that. <laughs> well, where else would you put it, Katie? Exactly. You have to make sure it's there and that the angel is in the background watching everything. Um, and then my mom had these angels. I'm sure she has them somewhere. But there are these little angel figurines that she would put on her mantelpiece. And I remember that if you, like on the bottom, you had to push something, but it was like a tab. It wasn't a button. And then they would play music. My mom was very much involved with doing church music because she played piano and she could sing. Since she was a teacher, she always was involved with the children's church and stuff. And for every year that I can remember up until I was 16, maybe 16 or 17, I was involved in a church Christmas play. Probably literally when I was a baby, I was doing this. We always did it. And it was something that my mom was always involved in, whether she was directing it, just doing the music for it, or in the case of many years, she even wrote the plays herself. <laughs> and she just never found one that she liked. I have memories of going to a Christian bookstore and just like sitting on the floor watching her flip through the, the little Christmas plays that you could purchase there. And if she couldn't find one she liked, then she would write one. <laughs> and the last year that we were with our, like our old, old church, I actually directed the church Christmas play. Well, how fancy. I know. I was very impressed with myself. That was always a big part of Christmas for me. We would start doing this in October mm -hmm. and it would be during church. You, you would have the moment when the pastor would be and now the children are dismissed for the Christmas play rehearsal or whatever, like right after you sang. And then everyone would filter out and go into the basement. So this was something you were working on every Sunday from the end of September. Because Halloween is a sinful holiday. <laughs> well, because Halloween's boring and you have to work on Christmas. So that was always something that was a very big part of my life and big part of my childhood. And probably one of the reasons that I liked doing theater so much is I had always done it to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Some were better than others. I remember one year my sister and I did one where we were, I swear, I'm going to have to find this somewhere because all of these are recorded. Was it Mary and Mary? The, no. The lesbian story? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but there is, there is this play that it was a bought one and it was the shepherd kids and the city kids were in like two different gangs and I'm dead serious. And there was a play about it. It was really cute. My sister was involved in all of these too. But yeah, there was a lot of really cute ones. I have good memories of doing these. So which one of you was Louise? Sing out Louise. Which one yes. of you was it? My sister. <laughs> she would yell at me if I sang too loud because apparently I didn't sing nice enough. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> don't sing. You don't sound good enough. You shouldn't sing loud. Oh boy. <laughs> Probably because she didn't want to sing loud. No, it was because I was bad, Dexter. You can't tell me anything else. <laughs> Usually on Christmas Eve, my father's side of the family, and they still do this, get together. And it was much more fun when I was a child. Oh, and Christmas think, is always more fun when you're a kid. Yeah, exactly. And I still enjoy doing it. Everybody mm -hmm. that you had or had not seen throughout the year would always come to. It used to be my grandparents house well we used to rotate now my one of my aunts does it each year but I remember always being sick so it was literally never fun for me and I think that's part of the reason why I'm not the biggest Christmas guy because it was never a good experience like December was always the time I would get sick that was November for me like never fails anymore that's not really the case usually it's january so i'm Yay. looking forward to that in a couple of weeks i remember one year that 
I got out of the hospital on Christmas Eve. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. We were supposed to have it at somebody else's house, but because I was too sick to leave my house, oh, everybody just came over. That's so sad. To my house. And I think a lot of times, and it became less like this the further time went on, Christmas Eve used to be kind of like the meshing of both my mother's and my father's family. And then slowly Christmas Eve became my dad's family and Christmas Day became my mom's. That's weird because that's the way it was for my family too. But your family would still do, like, you had your own little Christmas on Christmas Day, right? Like, you and your mom and dad would do yeah. opening presents. And you actually had, like, the real every kid's best Christmas experience. You got a dog on Christmas one year, which I think is the cutest thing. Like, well, not about on getting... Christmas, but near Christmas, but yes. You got a dog for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. With a little bow and everything. You got the full nine yards and fucking adorable. <laughs> but yeah, my family is extremely German, like... About as German as you can get. My dad was actually born in Germany. And it's a, a German thing, I guess, to celebrate on Christmas Eve going into Christmas Day. And my dad used to tell me that when he was a kid, my grandparents, they wouldn't have any Christmas stuff up at all. And then on Christmas Eve, he and his, his sister would have to go take a nap. And then when they were called out again, all the Christmas stuff would be up. <laughs> like Christmas tree, the whole house would be decorated, gifts under the tree, whole nine yards. And I love thinking about what that must have been like for my grandparents. Like, pure and utter hell. Just like running, putting everything <laughs> up. But I, I love that. I think it's adorable. So, yeah, we always would go over to my aunt's house on the eve of Christmas Eve. And usually we would go with my grandparents. My aunt lives about 45 minutes away, something like that. So it was a little bit of a trek, and it would always be night. I would always remember, like, we would always have Christmas music on. And my aunt kind of lives in the country. And there's this one house, it's like an actual farmhouse on a hill. Mm. And they always have really tasteful decorations. And I always remember looking at that one house going to my aunt's house. And that's kind of progressed differently now that all the kids are older. And my generation of grandchildren, I'm the youngest. Mm -hmm. And everyone in my aunt's family now is married and has kids. And then there's my sister and I. We're significantly younger, like, by at least 10 years. There's a big age gap there. So my mom has always liked going to the Christmas Eve church service, which is one of the ones I actually really enjoy. Everyone reads the Christmas story, and you sing the Christmas carols, and there's usually some kind of kid skit or a kid reading a Bible verse because that's adorable <laughs> and then they always end it with all the lights going out and you usually sing Oh Holy Night everyone has a candle and everyone passes the light from candle to candle I always like being in the balcony for this part because then you get to see the light spread it is the epitome of a Christmas moment mm -hmm. seeing that happen and you came with me one year so you got to see that too and it, it's a moment I look forward to is the passing of the flame even though that could turn very very badly mm -hmm. like I wonder how many codes that they are breaking by doing this especially with all that veneered wood like seriously do they have to get special permission to do this probably not just with that much fire in an enclosed space and that many people your guess is as good as mine. Something I think about, too. But, yeah, it's it's a really... Merry Christmas. We're all going to die. <laughs> We're all going to burn. In the last few years, we've started going to a Chinese buffet on Christmas Day. You've kind of joined our tradition in that. When we were kids, my sister and I... Um, we were never really the wake-up-early kind of kids. I was a little bit. I used like... to always wake up in the middle of the night to see when it happened. <laughs> That's great. Like, is it there yet? 
No. Is it there yet? Yes. But now I have to wait for three hours and uh-huh. pretend to go back to sleep. Uh-huh. But my dad would usually make something really nice for breakfast. Like, he would actually make breakfast. Did your parents videotape you? Opening gifts? Yeah. I don't think so. Mine I don't, would. They would take pictures. I think my mom videotaped us doing certain gifts. Like, I'm pretty sure there's a recording out there somewhere of when my mom gave me tickets to go see Rent. (laughs) She says that that's one of her favorite Christmas memories because I gave her the best response she's ever gotten. I literally started crying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that there were a couple that they probably were like, well, we have to get the camera ready for you to open this one. And then you're like, oh, God. That really was a production back then. It was like five minutes of them trying to find Blink B. You had to to get groomed. Like, you weren't just allowed to go in your pajamas. You had to make sure you were wearing the cute pajamas Uh and that your hair was either adorably mussed or combed and... (laughs) When you get older, you're like, oh, God, there's going to be pictures of this, so I better make sure I, like, put on clothes today. Yep, there are very many years of me in my pajamas with my calvic sticking up of videos of me opening Christmas presents because, of course, I I need to be shamed with that as I get older. But, I mean, Christmas was always the time of year where it was more enjoyable to be a kid, and I think that that still kind of stands true, Absolutely. Because as you get older, you get more into the consumerism side of things, which can be fun as well. I'm not saying that, you know, anybody who buys gifts for their entire family is bad and you're... You're feeding into the hysteria. Right. But you get a little bit less like, oh, Santa Claus and pretty lights and all this kind of stuff. And you get more like, oh, God, I have to go shopping for 15 people, and I have to wade through all the terrible traffic, and it turns into more of a... Annoyance. Yeah, and something that you really care about deeply and and want to do. You know, we try to make it as special as we can for each other and ourselves at this point, but... As adults, there's only so much you can get out of a holiday that really isn't made for you. I was disappointed when I got older and I realized that it wasn't going to be as much fun as it used to be. Like, you know, you always have that moment where you realize, like, oh, I'm a grown-up now. I'm not allowed to enjoy things. So really quick, when was the moment that you realized Santa wasn't real? I never believed in Santa. Oh, okay. That was never something that was facilitated by my parents. Because, again, we grew up in a Christian household. Santa wasn't a thing. But when we would ask about it, my mom would say something along the lines of it. Santa is like the spirit of Christmas. Mm -hmm. Even though he was a real guy. Well, Saint Nick was a real guy. (laughs) He was not magic, though, that we know of. I don't remember what age I was, but I do remember that I was helping my parents put away the Christmas decorations. Uh Uh-oh. And I found all of the wrapping paper that they had used for my gifts. Oh, no! And I mean, it was never like a... Big shock. No, 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 no. I was pretty much aware that it was pretty much bullshit, but that was like the moment that I'm like, well... My dreams are dead. (laughs) But, I mean, I hope that you guys are having a good Christmas, had a good Christmas Eve, had a good Christmas Day, and a good holiday season overall. We would love to hear stories or anecdotes from your holidays past. Today is the first day of Yule. Blessed Yule. And we just wanted to thank you for coming with us this year on this wonderful, fun little experiment. It's been an interesting couple of months since we Mm -hmm. started this whole shenanigan. And I'm enjoying it so far. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that someone out there is also enjoying it. 
So Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. And I want to end with this story. Oh, God. So the one story that we didn't tell you from the Winterfest this year was our horror story. <laughs> I forgot. So <clears throat> in the kids' land, they have a Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. Ball. Maze. Yeah. And <laughs> me and Katie are walking through it. We turn the corner. Yeah. And there's this rather creepy, old-fashioned Santa, like St. Nick-looking. When we turn the corner, I go, my God, because it surprised me. <laughs> so we take a little stroll by it, and we remark how infinitely creepy that is to just have that just sitting in the middle of your Christmas tree lot. So we get to the end of the path, and out of my peripheral vision, I see something that looks very familiar walking away. And I'm like, I'll be right back. So I walk back into the little maze that they have set up. And there is no longer a creepy <laughs> old St. Nick looking thing inside of the Christmas tree lot. So we had a haunt experience at Winterfest. Yep. And it was beautiful. And we never saw him again the entire Never saw of the him night. again. For all we know, he's waiting outside on our balcony right he now. probably is. <laughs> waiting to come in and kill us. Yep. Because Merry Christmas. Yep. That was my favorite experience of Winterfest this year. <laughs> my favorite moment of Winterfest was when uh, one of the girls in the, the show choir thing mashed up not one, not two, but three different songs within one lyric. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful. And she just kept going to her credit. She kept rocking, but she got three different songs into one lyric. And you fell on the ground. I literally dropped laughing so hard. <laughs> So if you would like to follow us, we have a Twitter. It is at idealist underscore the. We have an Instagram, the practical idealist. And like I was saying before, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we appreciate your patronage. And we look forward to our last podcast of the year, which is going to be a commentary on the movie version of Rent for New Year's. And then we're going to go back to just two a month for a little bit unless we really find something that we just must talk about. I hope you're having a good holiday season and we will see you in the next one. Bye!